All right, welcome everybody to the Venture Capital Podcast. So today we're gonna to talk about how VCs make money. Because I think this is something that, uh, that, you know, not a lot of people know. They Everybody thinks like VCs are like super rich, uh, which is often the case, but not always. Okay. You've ever wondered about this, John? I think I've got an idea. I've got a pretty good idea. Yeah. What do you think? Are most VCs rich? Or not rich? Yes. I think most VCs are rich. You think most VCs are why like because they're VCs or because they did something else before? I I think they were rich before they became a VC. Okay, so it's like the rich getting richer. Or is it the rich just staying I th- rich? I or the rich getting poorer? I think it's a combination. I think people who enter go into VC, it's kind of a natural ladder escalation. Okay. So I might have done really well in my professional career. I want to make a change. Yeah. I think a lot of people who become partners at funds typically go to newer funds. And if you're able to put in a million, two million in cash, I feel like they kind of buy themselves a job. Okay. That's, and a, then, that's an interesting perspective. And then once they're in, yeah, then they can rise. Now you've got other people like, uh, what is it? Like Ethan Choi. Is that his name? Ethan uh-huh. Choi? Yeah. Over he is, at Excel. He's over at Excel. I forget where he was previously at, but I don't think he had a lot of funds. I think so he, he was, was just Stripe amazing. And yeah, or not Stripe. We'll comment below where he was at, but I mean, he was a BYU student. He got his MBA. Um, he went from one fund to Excel. And I think it was solely just because he's got a brilliant mind and he's very talented for the space. And so I think he would be an outlier, but I think most, I think most people get into VC by saying, hey, here's a million dollar check. I'm going to invest, make me a partner. And let's let's get started. That's fair. I don't know if that's entirely accurate, but not entirely accurate. But I think... I, uh, it's an interesting perspective, right? Especially from somebody that's a little more outside. Okay. So VCs make money two ways. We've talked about this on other episodes. I mean, basically, you get compensated uh, with management fee and carried interest. So if you make if you have a hundred million dollar fund every year, you're going to draw two percent of that as management fee, and that's to pay salaries. So that's two million bucks every year coming into the management company. Now that's got to cover a lot of expenses. It's got to cover your overhead, right? Your office, your, you got to pay your admins, your analysts, like everybody, right? So uh, 2 million sounds like a lot, but then when you start divvying it up, you know, it can go away pretty quick. And then you get carry and the carry you only get once you've paid back all the management fee. So if somebody, you know, have a hundred million dollar fund and you make a bunch, you, you're going to draw about 20 million, 15 to 20 million dollars of that in management fee. Uh, that 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 leaves you with 80 to 85 million dollars if you don't recycle. And recycling is just means that you're taking the profits of some of your investments that have been successful and you're reinvesting them in new companies. So you invest 80 to 85 million dollars, and if like those all fail, like, or you don't return the whole 85 million, like, you're not going to get any carry. Even if like one deal is like really successful, if all the rest aren't, it's gonna drag it down. You won't get any any carry. But if it is successful and you take that eighty five and you turn it into like, I don't know, and averages are like three to five x the fund, so you turn it into three hundred to five hundred million dollars, then you're gonna return the hundred million that you invested and you know and the fees that you drew. And then anything over that, you'll typically split 80-20. So, you know, if it's $300 million, that's $200 million of profit. And you're going to pocket $40 million of that in carried interest. And your investors will get the other 160 So 
But this is how so much. So that's a, how they make. This that, is how a fund makes money. That's not, how funds make money. How much money does a VC make? But like, then the individual VC, yeah. So, so then you got to ask the question like, how much money? Like, how big is the fund? How much money is? Let's the, just say it's a hundred million dollar fund. Investing. Yeah. So, and then you got to ask like, what's the strategy of the fund? So, if you're a hundred million dollar fund, you're probably which is an average in this fund day size? and age, it could be like seed Series A fund. But it's an average. A hundred million would be an average fund size or a little bit larger. Well, it depends on what your what stage you're investing in. I would say. I'm just saying across the board for like across a the board VC. of all funds. Not all funds, just VC funds. Of all venture funds. And let's exclude seed because seed might be a very unique category. For a, you know, for a Series A, yeah, B, and C. Yeah, for a Series A, I mean, probably your average fund is like 150 to 200 million would be my guess. Okay. Somewhere in that range. Okay. Uh, on average, but, you know, it skews, right? Like Andreessen's closing like billion dollar funds and then you've got other people, it's their first time fund and they scrape together half a million bucks. So it's a pretty big delta. Okay. But anyways, okay. So point being, let's say you have a hundred million dollar fund. Mm-hmm. You probably have... Call it three partners. Yeah. Three partners, two associates, analysts, and then like some a couple admin staff. Maybe like one admin, two admin. It kind of depends. Like if you're using somebody else to do all your fund admin or if you have somebody in-house. So that's two million bucks that's got to be split. So you've got, you know, three partners. You know, they're probably each making like 300 grand. You know, 300 to 400 grand, somewhere in there. So that's a million, 1.2 off the top for the partners. And then your analysts are probably making somewhere between 75 and 150, depending on their experience and so forth. Wait, this is per year? Per year. Okay. And then you've got your admin and you've got your other operating expenses. But you're saying other par- operating expenses are probably another half million bucks. But you're saying a partner's making a million a year? No, no, no. Like three to 400 grand a year. Okay. Off of this. Like imaginary fund. Okay. Right? Of a hundred million. hundred million. hundred million bucks, three partners, each okay. making 300 grand. Okay. We'll just say. So that puts you at 900,000. And then you've got your couple analyst associates. Maybe that's another 200,000 to cover their salaries. So now you're at 1.1. And then you have your admin. Maybe that's another hundred grand. So 1.2. Then you've got your like operations. So travel, office expense, blah, 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 like food, whatever. That's probably like a half million bucks if you're if you're running around the country looking at deals. So then that leaves you with what three hundred grand. So yeah, then top saying, up the partners another hundred grand. So you know that's that's probably pretty typical somewhere so around that range. The average partner is making three hundred k. Yeah, well I don't know. I'm, that's just that that's how I would expect roughly like a hundred million dollar fund to okay to operate. So and they're making like yeah like three four hundred grand. Then you start then you start stacking funds. So that's what I want to ask about every, next. every three to five years, you're going to raise a new fund. So okay. let's say it's a hundred million dollars for the first fund. Well, then the second fund, you're going to also be drawing 2 million bucks. So instead of making so 200K, you're like, making 600K that year. Yeah. You're making 600K that year. And then, then third... you would like a third fund. But what happens is by the time you get to the third fund, the fund fee starts ends. tapering off mm-hmm. in the first fund. So you're not making as much money on that one. And the fund two is also maybe starting to dip a little bit. So yeah. My guess is that most partners, like in a steady state, like successful fund where they're like raising subsequent funds, they're making good investments, generating good returns, like their salaries probably range anywhere from like 200 to five or 600,000 a year. Okay. For the partner level. And for the analyst associates, 
they're probably closer to like 100 grand on average, some above, some below. Uh, admins are probably below that. Okay. Are they making, for both these groups, what percentage of their salary is management fee versus carry? I mean, so of their total like package. Their total comp. Yeah, so every firm's a little bit different, but a lot of them, only partners get carry. So analysts wouldn't. Or analysts associates. wouldn't, yeah. Okay. So in funds, like the thing you have to keep in mind is that like there's a bifurcation. There's really like three types of jobs, and we kind of mentioned them, right? One is basically it's like partner, partner track. And then there's like non-partner track okay. from an investment perspective. And then there's admin, right? And admin could be secretaries, office managers, CFOs, um, accountants, marketing, recruiters, like all of that other stuff that's not related to making investments. And they're just going to get paid similar to like whatever the comparables are for the market. So like if you're a secretary, okay. you're going to get paid similarly to what another secretary would get paid and it'll be salary and maybe okay. like a bonus. So if you're an associate you're going to get paid. Like I said, like a lot of those are, if they've done investment banking, they'll may maybe make like over a hundred grand. If they haven't done investment banking, they probably make less than a hundred grand. So it just kind of varies. They typically don't get any carry. Um, they don't have like fiduciary responsibilities. So that's like, they're not like legally on the hook for the investment decisions that they make. Um, which is also partly why they don't get carry. Who decides the salary of a partner at a fund? So it's a negotiation. With a negotiate the LPs and no, other partners? No, usually with the other partners? partners, yeah. Okay. Yeah, usually the LPs are like, hey, you know, we're paying you fee, you guys figure okay. it out. Let's say a VC's salary is 300K. Yeah. If they came from industry, do you yeah. think that would be, did they step up to 300K or did they drop down to 300K from their prior salary? Do most people take a pay cut, especially on the first time in? Uh, usually like on a first fund, yeah, they're probably taking a little bit of a pay cut. Okay. Broadly speaking, not always, but broadly speaking, okay. yeah. Now, I think one of the big because they're also if they're a partner, they're also going to make money on the carry side, mm -hmm. theoretically. Okay. No, this is a big critique. Yeah. I've been told by a friend whose husband worked at the Mayfield Fund yeah. in San Francisco that most of the venture capitalists make their returns off of management fees and not off of carry, which is one of the big secrets. So again, like you're making yeah, you're almost just getting rich off management fee, not off a, not off a of carry. But everybody's like, hey, we're gonna get rich off a of carry. Like we're perfectly aligned with our investors, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, it's a very it's a it's a big criticism, especially as the fund gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Like think about it this way, like yeah, hundred million dollars you're pulling in, twenty million dollars of management fee, but like you add a zero onto that you're managing a billion dollars, which it used to be unheard of, but now there's lots of funds that manage a billion in one fund, let alone like multiple funds, right? Because you could have funds stack, like a $300 million fund, you know, three times in that stacking. So all of a sudden now you've gone from $2 million to $20 million, right? Mm -hmm. A management fee annually. And you may not have that many more partners, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, and uh, so a lot of these 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 VCs can pocket a lot of money over the years, and it's like fairly stable because like it's ten years. So every year for like ten years, like there's management fee getting paid. Um, and if investors stop paying the management fee, the limited partnership agreements, the industry standards is basically like they lose their investment. So they're highly incentivized to continue to pay in and, and cover those those management fees. So yeah, so it's it's a big critique. And then as an investor, it's kind of like. Well, it's 10 years, like I can just kind of sit back and like maybe in 10 years I'll have pocketed 
I mean, think about it this way. Let's say you have a $300 million fund, three partners. You're going to be pulling like a million a year roughly in salary. So then it's like, I'll, for 10 years, I'll just, you know, save a lot of that and then I'll retire Mm -hmm. with, you know, several million in the bank and call it good. Right. And who cares if my investments perform or don't perform now, if they don't perform, I won't be able to raise another fund, but like, what do I care? I've just pocketed a whole bunch of money. So yeah, it is a critique. And then you add on top of that, like venture is hard and most funds fail. And so like I was talking to a banker, uh, who works with a ton of venture funds and he like banks venture funds. And he was like, he's like, most of the VCs I know have never, they've never gotten a carry check. Really? Like 10 years in or whatever it is, they've never gotten a carry check. Because what happens is they make a bunch of investments. Those investments, they invest early and those investments like raise subsequent rounds. And so valuation goes up. So on paper, like it looks like they're doing great. They go out and they raise a bigger fund, right? And they do it again. And like fund two's investments start looking great. Fund one, like given enough time, like some of them like start to crater, right? But like they get fund two raised and then like now you're on to fund three. Maybe you even get fund three closed, but then fund one ends up like all the investments start tanking and dying. And like the fund ends up basically just returning the money that it had invested and doesn't end up generating any carry for its partners. But now we're like, nine years into it mm-hmm. right because these funds are 10-year funds so you invest the first three years and then you're harvesting the last seven and like some of those like they take like 15 years to to fully realize so like you're in it and you're in year nine and your investments are just you finally like paid back the fund but you don't have any more investments still sitting in the portfolio so you don't get a carry check but during that time period you've raised three funds you're pulling, you know, maybe 600K a year. you're pulling like 600 to a million dollars a year in fee, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you know that you've got at least another seven years of income coming in, right? Okay. So that's the criticism. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's a legit criticism of like, hey, you know, our, our VCs really incentivize. Now, the flip side is the VCs that are really good, they make most of their money in carry. Okay. So but you have to be in the Spotify, the Uber, the Lyft. Like there's very few deals that perform that perform that well in Lucid. Sure. But if you're in them, like you're set, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the guy that invested in Snowflake in like the seed round. Okay. Like that guy, you know, depending on where he sold and like how much he got and all of those things. But like. Or if he's still riding and, the wave. And I don't know. I don't know like his his personal situation, but like you run the numbers uh, an estimate like he might have pocketed a billion dollars mm-hmm. off of how big of a check? off of that like one deal it was like you know like okay. a million bucks that like you know in the seed round or something or half a million who knows what it was but like like that's that's pretty crazy so like let's say there's a let's say you guys find the next snowflake you put in half a million, do- million yeah. dollar check you're leading you led that deal mm-hmm. sells for a billion dollars does the fact that you lead let it affect your compensation and how you make money as a vc yeah, it's a good question. And it, the truth is, it really comes down to the structure of the fund. Okay. So if you've agreed with your partners, like, hey, on deals that I lead, I should get like a bigger, I should get a lion's share of the carry off of that deal. Like that could be the case, right? Mm-hmm. It could be cases like I know of certain situations where the VC generated, you know, 90% of the returns mm-hmm. and he's only walking away with 5% of the carry. Okay. Right. What's, what's so, so sometimes that happens. What's common though? But in that's the their structure, right? 
What's common though? I think the common thing is probably like whatever your deal is, that's the deal you get. So like whatever you negotiate at the beginning, like, okay, you get this much of the carry, like that's how much of the carry you're going to get. Now, every fund can change, could change. Right. And we talked about like how fun, how to raise a fund. And in that episode, we talked about like how funds are structured. So go back and listen to that one if you haven't yet. Mm -hmm. But, but each fund you can view as like a new startup in a lot of ways. And so, you know, that, that same individual is going to go back to his partners and be like, hey, guys, like, I'm only getting 5%, but like, look at the returns I generated. You got to bump me up if you want to keep me around and have me generate those kind of returns on the next fund. But what's, gen- but what's general for a fund? Is that you're sharing it kind of like equally or you're just saying, hey, if you bring in a deal, you're going to get a higher percentage of that deal compared to everyone else? I think, I think the most common is like you're either equal or you get like a set percentage and that's that. So. Okay. How does... Yes. How does compensation yeah. affect how you make investment decisions? Yeah. So, I mean, we've kind of touched on that already, right? So if you connect the dots, right, if if you're making a bunch of money off a management fee, you know, you're probably like not like maybe you're not working super hard because you're not as hungry. So that could be part okay. of it, right? You're not hustling as much as you could, right? You're like, I'm going to sit on the beach. Another thing is like, I know some VCs, they look at it as like, hey, my job, like we're a hundred million dollar fund whatever. There's three of us. My job is to invest 30 million bucks. I'm going to reserve a dollar for every dollar I invest for follow on investment rounds. So I got to invest 15 million over the next three years. That's 5 million per year. That's like one deal per year for a series A fund. And we write $5 million series A check. So I got to do one deal a year Okay. and they will do that one deal. And then they're on the beach for the rest of the year. Okay. Like straight up. Right. Because mm-hmm. they, they're making enough money on management fee that they can do that. Right. You have got on the other end of the spectrum, you've got other VCs that are like, no, like, like I'm going to hustle every day. We're going to deploy the money. I'm going to look at tons and tons of deals. I'm going to be super supportive and help my portfolio companies and do everything I can. And they work incredibly hard. Right. So and so, yeah, some of the some of the people I know that work the absolute hardest are VCs. And some of the people I know that like work the least relative to their compensation are also VCs. OK, awesome. Well, is there anything else we should know about how a VC makes their money? I think we've covered it pretty well, but. What do you think? Do you think at the end of like describing this, like, do you think VCs are overpaid? I think the market sets the price. In order to raise a a fund, you have to have a certain amount of credibility. So I would say they're not overpaid. Yeah. But I do wonder if the market will, will, will shift. I think with social capital, I think they change how they, they structure their deals and they're trying to, I, I mean, I, don't quote me on this, but my understanding is they're going more towards... You know you're on a podcast. I know I'm on a podcast, so don't quote quoted. me. <laughs> you are literally... But I mean, if, if I were to create a fund today, and maybe this is my mentality, is yeah. I would want to go big. So I would want as small of a management fee as possible. I would want I want funds to make sure you could make good decisions. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of these partners are don't necessarily need a salary or they need a limited salary. And I would want to go big and I would want the high reward at the end of the day, not a management fee. But, and I think, but again, I mean, I don't know. But I would part say of the challenge is you got to wait 10 years in some time. cases for that, that big payday, right? It's a long time. Right. So, you know, I don't, you got to figure that out. Yeah, that's fair. So you kind of do feel like they're overpaid in terms of salary, but not necessarily in carry. Um, no, I would, if it were me, I would want more carry. Yeah. But oh, I, more than 20% carry. You'd be like, I deserve 50% carry. 
No, but okay, you I would don't for, know. what you're thinking is like, hey, I would forego that Imagine like two percent, like mm-hmm. give me like half a percent, and but then I want twenty five percent carry or thirty percent carry. I mean, I don't know how how would I, I'm not in the VC land yeah. and I haven't looked at. But, but I, I just, know what's crazy though like is there are some funds like like really good funds they charge more than two percent. They charge like three percent and thirty percent carry. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But the thing is, they can do that because their overall returns are like good consecutively so that an investor that's investing in that fund will make more money than one that they with lower fees yeah, but i mean ultimately what you care about as an investor is not the management fee you care about your returns yeah total return so like a fund could say hey we take 50 percent management fees yeah but our your returns are be you know but i would lowest. be concerned as an investor in a fund if like i felt like the investors were just getting like fat and happy off my management fees mm-hmm. and not being like aligned with me to generate great returns on the fund. Because mm-hmm. again, these are like 10 year things and like, you know, like that's a long time for me as an investor to get my money back. Yeah. I mean, I think the bigger concern for me is just fee stacking, right? Yeah. And that's how a lot of them make funds. So there's a lo- Jeff Birmingham, can I say that? You may have to bleep that out. I mean, the way I look at his model right now and how he's making most of his wealth is yeah. he did really well with real estate funds. So then he went and started peak capital. It was not Peak, Signal Peak. Peak no, Ventures. He, yeah, created Peak Ventures. And then so he's got his real estate management fees. He started getting VC management fees. Yeah. And the way, I mean, and that's, and it's work. I mean, if he's doing a good job and he's providing returns then other people want to follow on, at that point, it's just, hey, how do I, de- how can I raise more funds quickly? And as long as he's doing a good job, does it really matter? People yeah, as are, long as he's generating returns for investors, it's fine, right? And so however he structures it. It's but fine. the problem, like I said earlier, is sometimes it's hard to know if those returns are real mm-hmm. because they're paper gains. They're marking, marking up their IRR. Yeah. Well, Wait, do you guys mark up your, how do you guys decide to mark up your returns? We mark to market. So, you know, we've got companies that are absolutely crushing it, okay. doing incredibly well. We haven't written them up at all. But what happens if you run into a... Other funds don't do that. Other funds will like do like a whole DCF and they'll be like, and they'll run comps and then they'll try to justify like, hey, we made this investment. But what is market with the individual... It's been a year or two and like... So you're just saying... Most funds do that. You're saying when someone makes their next investment Mm -hmm. is market and that's where you're just pegging it. Yep. Because on, what was it? On the Jason Calcanis podcast, yeah. he was talking about a lot of these younger funds. They want to raise their next fund. Yep. So all these companies right now are are coming to the company and saying, here's our new valuation. So they're finding a reason to mark, up, mark it up. And if there's a recession, it's going to crash and they're not going to be able to raise their second fund. Yeah, or going to have to mark down. Could be. Ultimately, mark to market is going to end up crushing you if if you're not doing mark to market. Because like auditors, especially if your fund is audited, if you're looking at investing in fund, highly recommend like you invest in funds that the audit that get audits um because they'll kind of keep them honest but yeah i mean like if you're like hey revenue doubled last year therefore like the valuation is doubled even if they haven't raised any more money like that can get you in trouble if like yeah then we hit a recession and like all of a sudden they're like mark everything down. yeah you could double 100 percent year over year but that doesn't mean your valuation doubled really means your valuation went up by 50 percent. now you got to write down that investment okay which is awkward true so anyways point Maybe. being I think... Yeah, what do you think? You asked me, but what do you think? Are VCs overpaid? I think that some VCs are overpaid. Mm-hmm. And I think some are accurate, uh, appropriately compensated. But given the fact that most venture funds fail, my tendency is to believe, in general, that like VCs are kind of uh, overpaid. Okay. But 
Not at University Growth Fund because we crush it. <laughs> Perfect. And you've got so you've got a, a nice um, lo- a bunch of logos. Look, our strategy is different than a lot of funds too. Like we don't we're investing in like very solid growth stage businesses where our loss, our our risk of like losing our entire investments relatively low. And so, you know, look, we're never going to be like a ten x fund like some funds will that are swinging for the fences. You know. But the flip side is like we have a high degree of confidence that we are going to generate a very nice return for our investors um, on a consistent basis. And so far, that's that's what's panned out. So. All right. Well, thanks for watching. Make sure you subscribe and enter any comments below if you're watching on YouTube so we can better answer questions that you have in upcoming podcasts. And what do you think? Are VCs overpaid? Let us know. Comment below. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.